and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Um, I just want to say, um, probably about 18 months ago now, the Lord spoke to us in a prayer room saying that we were no longer just going to be a normal church, but we were going to be a house of prayer. And when the Lord said that to us, we're like, well, what does that mean? So having Corey here for us last year, this year has been just a tremendous blessing. Um, we go to Upper Room. He takes time to just hear how Abide's doing. So I just honor you and thank you for what you've deposited into this house. Can we just honor him real quick? Love you, Jake. Ah, uh, sit down. But the rest of the people stand up. There's a whole bunch of people just playing. <laughs> I, uh, I teach in our Bible school, and uh, they all, they all, every day we come in, they they clap for us, and I tell them based on whether I'm insecure or secure. If I'm having a rough day, I'll tell them to keep standing a little longer to make me feel better. But if I'm doing really good, I'll just tell them to sit down really quick. That was my first joke. I got two more. I'll tell you when they are. Be ready for it. <clears throat> that worship was beautiful. My goodness. Give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that anointed worship leader right here, she made this shirt for me. I want to talk to you about what the Nasherites are. If you don't know, we got this a Nasherite, 100 million rising. And I've just been crying all night. I got my friend here from Zephyr Hills, and we're back here just praying for Nasherites. It's what I'm going to speak into tonight. Uh, I wasn't even planning on it. I got this shirt. You just switched me into it. <laughs> I love it. I'll, I'll, I'll get to it, all right? We're going to get to it. But at the end of the day, I, I have a deep conviction that God's going to raise up 100 million intercessors all over the earth. Hear me. For the global outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the salvation of Israel, and the return of Jesus. That's what Nasherites are. And it's, it's, it has to do a personal story of ours connected to an intercessor with Charles Finney named Daniel Nash, who during the Second Great Awakening foreran Charles Finney's revival campaigns and would labor in intercession two to three weeks before Finney comes to town, and they would win the battle in the heavenlies so that the Word of God would go forth in power. And I believe that God wants to anoint a whole generation with intercession. And, and I'm going to speak into that, that uh, tonight and in the morning. I want to encourage you to come back in the morning. All right, and I know I, 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 this is not just a, hey, how was the conference? I, I feel like there's a deposit, and I want to hit on intercession. I want to hit on two things, the Word and intercession. The Word and intercession and those two things. So I, did, I want you to come back, and because we're going to keep building on it. I know Michael will take it tomorrow night, and Alan will get over here at another time. We're, we're moving. This thing is going on for decades. So we're going to keep building into this. It's not just a, oh, shucks, right now. God's doing something significant. Uh, if, you go, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. I, uh, right before I get going, I usually try to bring books and resources. I've written five or six books. I have uh, released prayer albums. I, I am on earth to awaken people to pray, to help people connect to God. That's what I care about. And so everything that I've been my life about, one of my recent books is called Teach Us to Pray. And in 2017, I, and that's the title of this conference, here we are, Teach Us to Pray. You, 
You know, the disciples, that was the one thing they asked Jesus to teach them in. And they heard him preach. And they saw his miracles and they witnessed his deliverances and they didn't ask him, teach us to preach. They didn't ask him, teach us to heal, teach us to do miracles. They wanted his prayer life. And so in 2017, I was praying that, saying, God, teach me to pray. He said, Corey, I want you to join me and I want you to cue this video, uh, at, get it ready. He goes, I want you to join me in teaching the next generation to pray. And so I've been asking the Lord, God, how do I teach people how to pray? I can't just travel all over the earth. I've been traveling in an intense way for, I don't know, 20 years almost. Since about 2003 and 4, I've been traveling, I don't know, 30-something weekends a year. And it's just, it's part of it. It's the grace package the Lord's put on me. But I'm moving into a different season of my life of, of strategic, intentional discipleship into the life of prayer. I love what God does as a conference. We're going to get blown up. But I love the power of discipleship and going on a journey together. This is one of those places that I want to, I want to sow into relationship. I want you to play because this is what the Lord birthed out of 2017. And I want to invite you into this. Can we play that video? 25 years ago, I got a vision to be a man of prayer. I heard an old preacher say that no man is greater than his prayer life. And I launched out after that vision. That vision would open up doors that I never saw coming. And I would stand on stages in front of tens of thousands of people. And I would proclaim the message that the Lord's given me. There began to be a longing on the inside of me saying, God, there's got to be more than just preaching to people. I want to walk with people and disciple people into the things that you formed on the inside of me. This is why Corey Russell Online exists. It's to open up the Word of God. It's to impart the spirit of prayer. And it's to connect like-minded people around the things of God. In Corey Russell Online, and specifically in what we're calling memberships, you get an all-access pass to everything Corey Russell Online. You get past courses. You get future courses. You get three one-hour lives a month, and you get small group connects. I believe that finding ourselves together, finding tribes and families, is the place where the ceiling gets lifted. I invite you to join us at CoreyRussellOnline.com. Boom. So that's what that birth, and uh, we're going after it. We got hundreds of people tracking. We're in the middle of a 40-day season of teaches to Pray, focusing on the book of Psalms. And so we are doing six one-hour lives. We do an hour live each week around specific psalms. I am tired of just memories and just what I felt at the conference. I want to go somewhere with a group of people. This is not, do you hear me? Who, who, who wants to go deeper? Well, it's going to require something of you. So I'll just, it's CoreyRussellOnline.com. It will bless you. You can jump right in and join us, and we'll be joining on Tuesday. Tuesday, I turn 45, so I'm going to share my birthday. Getting old. And so, uh, looking forward to getting those discounts at Denny's. <laughs> I like getting old, man. Things get quieter. You get settled on the inside. You get comfortable with who you are. You know what you're not. You're comfortable with who you are, and I like that. All right, good. Well, I want, to talk, I want to talk into the word and intercession. The word and intercession. And uh, let's, let's just look at Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say the word blessed. blessed. 
That's the enviable, the happy, the life that everybody looks at and wants. And the psalmist says, blessed is the man, the woman, the young person who doesn't do something, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. The psalmist says that there is a blessing that's going to rest on the person that's paying attention to the counsel they're listening to. Because whatever counsel you're casually walking with and listening to today, if you keep walking in it, tomorrow you'll be standing in the path of sinners. And the third day you'll be sitting in the seat of the scornful. I want you to see the progression from walking to standing to sitting. You need to understand that information is not neutral. Fox News is not neutral. Let me break it down to you. MSNBC, CNN, social media, talk shows on radios, our apps on Twitter, they're not neutral, but they're, if you subscribe long enough to filling up your ears and your eyes and your spirit with the counsel of the ungodly, see, we can't even discern. The church got so lost in the last two years living in the second heavens chatter. We lost our way and we lost our soul because we were drinking so deep from the counsel of the ungodly. And it got inside the church and it really hurt our witness, but I believe God's using it on a big scale to get us back to core realities of prayer, the Bible, truth. It's weeding out that which needs to do. Some of us are humbling ourselves and God's using this whole season to bring about a new humility and dependence on the church. But at the same time, we need to understand, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the path of sinners, sit in the seat of the scornful. The progression. That's why fear has grown at all-time heights. Loneliness, depression, despair. Why? It's what you listen to. It's what you feed yourself on. It gets inside of you and it produces anxiety. It's called beholding and becoming. That whatever you behold is what you become. Whatever you look at long enough, you'll turn into it. Whatever you listen to long enough, it will govern the emotional and thought traffic on the inside of you. If you stay there long enough. He says, blessed is the man who doesn't walk, stand, or sit. But here's the phrase, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Everybody say the word delight. I got an honest question, and I'm asking myself this. I'm coming off of a long week of preaching, and I'm asking myself this question. I want to ask you, do you delight in the word of God? I don't need hallelujahs and amens. I want you to ask yourself this. Do you enjoy the Bible? Is it a place of delight? A place of pleasure? I know seasons when it is and I know seasons when it's not. I know seasons when I'm preaching more from it than crying when I read it. I know seasons where I'm going through motions. I believe that there is a gift that God is giving to the church in this hour, and it's the gift of a new delight and pleasure in the Word of God. 
Because that which you delight in, you become vulnerable to. Whatever you delight in is what you become vulnerable to. And I believe that God wants to take a book that is, for some of us, is a place of frustration, a place of boredom, a place of not understanding, a place of all kinds of emotions. I can't concentrate. My mind's everywhere. God wants to take it from a place of frustration and he wants to turn it into a place of delight. The kisses of his word. Psalm 119 says, the entrance of your words gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. See, God's re see, because we got so lost in the secular narrative. But God is reorienting the church to a biblical narrative. He's reorienting us to what the Bible says about these kinds of days. To the turbulence that's going on. To the hostility that's happening in the earth. And how we can anchor our hope, not in the stock trends, but in what the Word of God has to say about the place that we have at the throne now and the coming of our king. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And here's the phrase, and in his law, he meditates. Everybody say meditates. Day and night. Day and night. See, this is why I'm here. You know why? Because you guys want to put a prayer room at the heart of this church. Matter of fact, that is the only church is the house of prayer. A non-praying church is an oxymoron. There is no such thing. He, did, he, he didn't call his house a house of evangelism, healing, missions, mercy, or anything. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Mike Bickle didn't come up with that. Some Korean pastor didn't come up with that. Isaiah prophesied it thousands of years ago. My house shall be called a house of prayer. That this would not be just something you check off your weekly list. This wouldn't be an event you pay your tithe and listen to a good word and then live the other six days and 23 hours disconnected. But that a community would be built around the flame. That's why I love this. This is beautiful. That the flame would be the center and God would be our first ministry. See, that's the great word that he's releasing to the church in this hour is we're ministering to everybody but God. I love the spirit that I see on this man and on your, on your guys in here. I like to see rooms where there's pacers with Bibles open. As they're singing and you're just sitting there, as what we're doing is meditating. The spirit of meditation is touching the room. I got a Bible verse in my spirit. And I'm talking to God about it. That word meditate means to ponder while speaking to oneself. When you got the Bible open and you're sitting before the Lord and you're whispering verses to him and you're just looking at him and beholding him, it's weak, it's a little bit, but little bits is how you get transformed over time. Every time you look at him, you're changed. Every time you speak his words, you're changed. And I want you to know, there's something more powerful than my voice and my words, or Geo's, or Michael's, or Alan's, or anybody else's. The words that will transform you the most are your own. When you hear you declare God's word to God, 
you are transformed the most. I don't know if you believe me. Because some of you got issues in prayer. We talk about prayer. Some of you were told as kids, shut up, get out of the room. I don't want to hear your voice. You get on my nerves, shut up. Mouth is what some of y'all were called. And you bring those same strongholds to the place of prayer and you never want to hear yourself talk. Devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. He's going he's gonna to teach us how to hear, and then we're going to get our mouths open again. Because prayer's not just receiving, it's, it's our words. Who am I talking to about that? The Lord's going to break that off of some of y'all. Who am I talking to when I just said that? So like, I don't know if I want to raise my hand on that one. You ever wonder why you don't like prayer? Because you were told to shut up your whole life. All right, that's not where I'm going tonight, but that's, that's for free. All right. In his law, he meditates day and night. Meditates day and night. Meditates day and night. Whispering Bible verses. Singing Bible verses. Speaking, singing, pacing. Walking in a room with others and getting the word of God on the inside of you. Because in the same way there's the walking, standing, sitting in the negative, so there's a walking, standing, sitting in the positive. Because that's what he's contrasting. Blessed is the man who doesn't do that, but does this. Because if you walk long enough, not really knowing what you're doing, you'll end up standing. And when you stand in the truth and you get alive in the truth and you feel the Bible touching your spirit, then you sit down into that place of authority and you rest in his words and you get into that place of authority in the word of God. We are a biblically illiterate generation. We are biblically illiterate. We don't have to choose word over the spirit. We get to have both. We get to have Holy Ghost hoedowns, Holy Ghost parties, and we're going to know the word of God. We're going to know the story of redemption. We're going to know the story of Israel. We're going to know the story of Jesus and know Christology. We're going to know his preexistence. We're going to meditate on his incarnation, on his life, on his death, on his resurrection, on his ascension, on his ministry of intercession, on his second coming. We're going to get filled with the word of God. We're going to get clear in our heads and flamed on our hearts. We're going to have both. We're going to love Holy Ghost as he brings us into deeper revelation of Jesus. In his law, he meditates day and night. That's what the Lord told Joshua before he took the promised land. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. Meditate in it day and night. Get Bible on the inside of you. You're like, all I can remember is a phrase. Then remember it. You're like, all I can get is a verse. Just say the verse. Start with the Psalms. Then you get a fourfold blessing in Psalm 1 of what happens when a man meditates in his law day and night. Number one, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. <laughs> if there's anything we need in this generation, we need trees. Oaks of righteousness. 
It says planted by rivers of water. Which means they've broken through the surface. And they've tapped into the underground water sources of the Holy Spirit. Trees provide shade. Trees provide safety. Trees provide fruit. Trees provide stability. We need trees in the midst of a turbulent generation. We need trees. We need trees in our neighborhoods. Trees in our families. Trees at work. We need trees that when life is shaking, people know to cling to people who have tapped into something that's stronger than the, the circumstances of this life. Psalm 119 verse 92, he says, I would have suffered in my affliction unless your law had been my delight. I didn't see nobody write that down. <laughs> Psalm 119 verse 92, I would have suffered in my affliction unless your law had been my delight. You will suffer unless you have a love affair with the Bible. And you can't wait for you to get into your trial before you try to turn into Superman. See, crises expose realities. Crises expose realities. You don't just turn into somebody else. You is what you is. That's why Matthew 25 the wise and the foolish virgins didn't look different for those seasons leading up to the midnight cry. They looked exactly the same. Matter of fact, the foolish ones were shining bright lights looking a lot bigger and greater and more anointed and powerful than wise virgins. Foolish ones only had enough oil to keep in their lamps so they could shine to other people. The wise had reserves of oil. They had secret histories with God that nobody saw. It was a hidden life that was deeply intimate with God. And then in Matthew 25, the cry went out, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And then all of a sudden, when the cry went out, reality became clear to everyone. And the foolish ran to the wise saying this, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. The foolish ones thought you can get oil at a McDonald's drive-thru. They had no honor for the oil. Which means this, that right there, the very fact that foolish ones show up to watch saying, give me your oil, give me your oil, it just shows they don't understand how to truly acquire oil. It's the slow, mundane process of acquiring in the crushing and in the secret pains and victories and trials and breakthrough. That's where you get the oil. You don't get it at a McDonald's drive-thru. You don't give it, give it by a fire tunnel. You don't get it by someone's hand laid on you. I can't give you my oil. You can't give me yours. My hope is that this conference knocks a funk off of you for you to go buy your oil. That's all that this can really give you for you to make new decisions over the next two weeks. And if not, it's a memory. I, I don't want to live on memories. But if this becomes a moment, you'll look back on it in a decade and say, this is when it shifted. This was the first log on the fire. And I said, I'm going to get up every morning and meet with God. Foolish and wise. And he says this. He says, he will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. He will bring forth its fruit in its season. His leaf will not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. 
I love that. Who wants, who wants to enjoy and experience prosperity in your soul and in your life? I believe in the prosperity that flows from within all the way out. I want God saying amen to every one of my dreams. Don't you? You know how you get that to happen? You start by getting filled with his dreams. You quit trying to talk him into your dreams. You quit trying to manipulate him to get what you want to happen in your life. And then you get offended when he doesn't do it the way you thought he was going to do it. If you build a life at his feet, receiving his words, his dreams become your dreams. And then you begin to walk out his dreams. And he says, amen. That's the core issue right now is will we take this moment? I believe this decade is really important. This is a really important decade, I believe, to get oil, get history, get breakthrough in the Word of God. We need Bible studies, prayer meetings. We need to draw closer to each other and closer to God together. We need to say, God, I want to get out of the kiddie pool of Christianity, and I want to grow deeper in the Word of God. I'm going to quit living when I have attention problems. Everybody's got attention problems. Stand in line. I'm not going to let that steer away from a life, an abounding life in the Word of God. I'm going to rock when I read it. If i got to pace when I read it. If i got to do this when I read it. Whatever helps me do two things at once to get the Word inside of me. I'll get it on audiobook. I'll get it when I work. I'll get it when I drive, but I've got to have the Word of God on the inside of me. This is the, this is the moment. I, and here we are, 2022. This thing's just ratcheting up, and we'll blink, and 2025 will be here. We'll blink again, and the decade will be over. And you either got it or you didn't. You either took the time or you didn't, and another decade passes you by, and you never grew any in your spiritual life. Jesus, I want more than 45 minutes and 20 bucks. I want to grow in the knowledge of God. I want to grow in the revelation of Jesus. I want to grow in the word of God. And I want God to use me to impact that one guy at work. This is why I have a high vision for that. My dad worked in a factory for 30 years. He didn't miss one day of work. In 30 years, and he witnessed to one guy over 30 years and led him to Jesus right before he retired. That's my understanding of faithfulness and being true to your assignment. It's not about platforms and preaching in front of large gatherings, and those are the only ones. It's about the power of simple people that live in the Word and that give that reality and draw others into it. Quit disqualifying yourself or saying, that's not for me. Hallelujah. Jesus, I feel like Psalm 1 is our gift because we're entering into a Psalm 2 generation. Turn to Psalm 2, next chapter. That's why I love just, how many people live in Brandon? Y'all got what, 50,000 people? How many people live here? 50,000? I grew up in a town of 3,500 in Arkansas, so I like, I, I'm into small towns, simple people. 
who just show up and do it. And so this is the stuff we want to do. No more excuses, guys. Yeah. God wants to break the spirit of poverty off of you. God wants to break the spirit of poverty off this region. Money is a byproduct of a deeper reality. It's impoverished views of God. It's low views of God. It's wrong views of God. It's malnourishment in the word of God. We're malnourished. Spirit of religion puts a fog over you and a veil over you. I'm saying, well, it's just about Jesus died, he resurrected, he's coming back. Hallelujah. I'm not going to hell. Hallelujah. And we stop. You know what the spirit of religion is? There's nothing more to discover. The spirit of religion is there's nothing more to discover. Friends, we are called into an eternal pursuit of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when you think you've arrived, you are in trouble. We're beginning to see Psalm 2 break in upon us. David is in a full-on vision in chapter 2. He says, why do the nations rage? Rage is a word that you're going to hear a lot and see a lot in these coming years. It's begun and it's only going to intensify. It's the nation stirring. The stirring of the waters of the nations and there's rage in the nations. Revelation 12, it says Satan has great rage. Because he knows his time is short. So I believe there's a connection between the Revelation 12 rage of the devil and the nations raging. And it says this, David sees the people plotting a vain thing. Do you know that word plot and the word meditate is the same word? So you're going to be meditating in something. I believe the 24-7 news engines and social media apps is actually teaching a generation how to demonically meditate. How to demonically meditate. How to feed on things so that it gets in your soul and it makes you make decisions based on the info that you're hearing through all the different ways instead of hearing from the Word of God and what God's saying to us in the place of prayer. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth, look at this. The kings of the earth, they set themselves. There's defiance, rebellion, there's a conspiracy and a unity. And the rulers take counsel together. Together, there's a demonic unity and resistance. And who are the nations, kings, judges, billionaires, influencers waging war against? Against the Lord and against his anointed. It's the generation taking on the Father and the Son. And this is what they say. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. It's when a generation wants liberty from the constraints of the word of God. They see them as bonds and cords that restrict what they want to do. When the Word of God gets in the middle of your personal freedoms, when the Word of God infringes on what you want to do and how you want to live, you're either going to see the Word of God. Young people, listen to me. Because, yeah, and, I mean, old people, I'll hit you in a second. 
But young people, you're in a generation where there is no objective truth. Everything is relative. Your truth is your truth. And my truth is my truth. And who am I to infringe my truth on your truth? I want you to know truth is real. He's a person. His name is Jesus. It's definable. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. It's real. It's definable. It's objective. It's not based on how you feel. And it doesn't change. You're either going to see the Word of God as the loving boundary lines about your sexuality and how God defines your life and how we are to live and how are we to walk in holiness, to listen to the voice of God, the things that He says. You're either going to see the Word of God as boundary lines that enhance your pleasure or you're going to see them as bonds and cords that restrict your pleasure. They're either going to get in the way or you're going to fall in love with the leadership of God. You're going to fall in love and trust Him. Saying, God, I don't fully get it. I got stuff raging on the inside of me, but I'm going to stay in the furnace. Hey! I'm going to stay in the furnace and I'm not just going to act out what I feel. My emotion is not God. Jesus is God. We've taught a generation what you feel is your truth. No, it isn't. Your emotions are jacked up. you got to get your soul brought underneath the leadership of the Spirit. He says this, bonds and cords. David's watching the first three verses and he's going, why? It's vanity. It ain't going to work. Now, we can feel that spirit right now in 2022 in America, can't we? Can you feel the rage, the chaos, the confusion, the lawlessness? Can you? I want to say to you right now, it's a two on the treadmill. Right now, verses one through three is a whisper. It's only going to intensify. Young people, listen to me. That rage, chaos, confusion, and craziness is only going to intensify. See, the, the, the realities that are going to happen leading up to the coming of the Lord is the explosion of glory and the explosion of darkness. It's the wheat and the tares that grow up together. It's both that manifest in the same generation. And we need to understand this and make hardcore decisions now to come underneath the Word of God, to fall in love with His leadership now because this is going to escalate and culminate to a real demonized man leading all the nations of the earth to destroy the apple of God's eye, the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel, as the enemy seeks to overthrow the eternal decree. But we know it's not going to happen. That's where this whole thing is going. But that right now, there, we are, there's the sifting going on in the body of Christ. And it's will you come underneath truth or will you rebel against truth? That's why we need each other. We need prayer rooms. We need love songs singing the Word of God. We need rooms where the Word of God is being sung and prayed and we're meditating day and night, getting changed every day. I need this worship team. I need Covington singing to Jesus with the anointing of prophetic music on Him. And the anointing on Him, it washes and it breaks and it delivers me and it renews my mind and breaks strongholds on the inside of me. 
That's why God's building cultures of prayer, not to make church less boring. It's because we've got to expedite the development of truth and transformation. I don't know if you're hearing me. I don't normally talk like this or go in on this like this level. There, God wants to entrust a lot of young people to you guys. You haven't even begun to see it yet. This place is going to be filled. Hundreds of young people. That whole area is going to be filled up with kids. And I'm telling you, we have got to give them Holy Ghost and the Word of God. We've got to introduce them to Jesus. We've got to give Bible studies and take... You're like, God, I don't even know what I'm doing. Lord, just, just, just do it. Open the Bible and I'll show up and help you. Ah, uh, David's watching it and he's saying, why? I almost picture David's watching the television going, it ain't going to work. It's vanity. This is insanity. No, no, no. God wants us to feel it. Hear me. A lot of us are feeling that, but you don't engage in the battle from the earthly, horizontal playing field. Look at verse 4. It says this, He who sits in the heavens. There's something about learning how to ascend and learning how to elevate and get a new perspective and get throne room paradigms and throne room perspective back on the church. You're like, what are you talking about? Everybody say the word ascend. I believe that's an important word for us in this hour. Do you know how to ascend? What do you mean, Corey? When that spirit of rejection comes haunting and knocking at your door, do you know how to break it off? When that spirit of lust is knocking at your door, do you know how to break it off and get above the storm? The Lord wants to teach us how to fight our lions and our bears, Davids. Do you know how to sing your way into the truth? You know how to pray your way into the truth, to declare the word of God. we got to get aggressive about us. It's not going to be just soaking rooms that's going to get us into the next season. I love receiving, and that's why I want to talk about intercession. We're going to get there in a second. I love soaking and receiving. It's a big part of prayer. But if, if you're not getting pregnant with something, if you're not getting filled with the knowledge of his will, and if it's stopping by you having a good quiet time and feeling better, it's not achieving the full purpose of prayer. <clears throat> says, he who sits in the heavens... I'm giving a call to abide. This is what I hit on last year. Revelation 4. Come up here. Come up here. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven. If you don't learn how to ascend and to get into that perspective, you will get gripped with fear and anxiety instead of holy confidence. God wants to fill the church with a holy confidence it's called the divine laugh resting on the church. It's confidence of knowing where this thing is going. Yes, we're engaged in the battle, but my soul is anchored in the throne. My soul's anchored in the throne. What do you do when you... I know fear. I've had battles with fear. When you get gripped and you can't sleep, 
you pace. I'm speaking Bible verses. I'm praying in tongues. And I'm declaring the truth until. Until what? Until it shifts. How do you know it shifts? You know when it shifts. And if you haven't experienced the shift, you haven't prayed long enough. He who sits in the heavens, he laughs. We're now the Father's perspective about the same event. David's stressing, God's laughing. It says that he will hold them in derision. He will speak to them in his wrath, distress them in his deep displeasure. What does the Father speak over the nation seeking to overthrow his son's inheritance? He says, I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. There's nothing that torments the gates of hell like that statement. There is nothing that is awakening the rage of Satan like that statement. I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. You nations will not rule that plot of land. You kings will not rule that plot of land. You principalities will not rule that plot of land. It has been installed and decreed from before the foundation of the world. Yeshua HaMashiach will rule on the throne of David over the nations of the earth forever from Mount Zion. That's what this is all unto. The Father declares it. It's over land. It's over land. All the battle of all the nations, it's over a land that will be the epicenter of Jesus' rule over the nations when he returns. It says the devil's last call and card to overthrow the eternal plan. And the Lord's awakening the church across the earth. He's awakening Gentiles across the earth. And he's delivering us from having a nice little American life in the middle of Florida. And he's beginning to turn our hearts to our older brother, Israel. And in the same way, they labored for our breakthrough. So God's awakening a church across the earth that's going to begin to labor for their salvation and begin to labor for the veil to be broken off of her. And that light would break in upon her. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. Never hold their peace day or night. He's turning our hearts. He's delivering us of narcissism and humanism that's made us the center and he's connecting us to a story. (sighs) Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Uh, Look at verse 7. He says, I will declare now the third scene. Jesus shows up and David's going to overhear the father and the son talking in the eternal council. Jesus shows up and he says, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And the father looks at the son. He says, you see those nations raging. Ask me. And I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. You will rule them with the rod of iron and you will dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. What is Jesus doing when nations are raging? He's in intercession. 
He's in intercession. Where is the church to be found as the rage increases? In the place of prayer, in intercession. Standing in the gap. Declaring the word of God back to God. What I want you to see in Psalm 2, it says, The Lord has said to me. It's not Jesus just coming up with information. Intercession is telling God what God's already spoken over you. That's why we need our Bibles open so our spirits can get filled with the knowledge of his will. That's why we want the word of God to impregnate us, to fill us, and then to grow in the fullness of time, that reality of intercession. God wants to rip the mask off the church. There's come a great silencer. I'm not even talking about mask or no mask. I'm talking about something in the spirit that has had a mute button. There's been a mute button on the mouths of the church and the prayers of the church. Prayers just turned into silence libraries. But there is an asking and there's a cry. There's a groan. There's a a lifting up of the voice to God. There's a lifting up of a voice to God. Ask of me. And I will give you nations as your inheritance. And the ends of the earth as your possession. This is where this is going eschatologically, which means the fullness of time towards Israel and what he's doing in us now. But we need to understand the war that's surrounding us here in Tampa Bay. We need to feel this in our homes and for this generation and in Tampa Bay. And this whole region has... We're feeling the chaos, confusion, the war of the spirit of this age seeking to steal our kids. The lawlessness that's seeking to encroach. We can't get caught up in barbershop talk and Facebook comments and Facebook debates and just talking about it. We've got to come out of the chaos and learn how to ascend into that place of prayer where we can begin to declare God's will over this region and enter into that place of prayer. Because it's about land and God's put your feet in the soil of Tampa Bay. You need to understand why is your feet here? It's because God's ordained it. God has set the boundary lines. God's placed your feet in this land. Why? To take your stand on the wall of intercession. And to ask God for his inheritance in this region. Ask God for his inheritance in the state of Florida. Ask of me, I'll give nations as your inheritance. That's what this whole Nashorite thing is about to me. Many of you might or may or may not know our story, but we had a son in 2012. We have three daughters, a son in 2012. We named him Nash after an intercessor, Daniel Nash. That intercessor. He was born on 2012. He went home to be with Jesus March 16, 2013. Nine and a half months. It's been the earthquaking, ground shaking. God, are we going to make it kind of season? Last night, March will be nine years. It's been a really intense season, but I would say of all chapters in the Bible that's helped me navigate the loss of my son and to see where this thing is going, it's Psalm 2. Psalm 2 has been the greatest inner healing chapter for me in the whole Word of God. Now Psalm 23 is there too, but Psalm 2 is the big one. Because he taught me how to fight 
when you find your most precious promise, the, the greatest amount of warfare. And for me, it was my marriage. It was my family. And I knew I was in a transaction moment with God of am I going to quit or am I going to lean in to say, God, you're going to turn our darkest night and make our places of greatest warfare our place of greatest inheritance. And I, and I saw Psalm 2 as this is how you respond when you find your most precious promise under the most severe attack. You come out of the chaos, confusion, and craziness, and you make eye contact with the Father. You get filled with what He's saying, and then you ask Him to release it in that very place. So I spent the better part of 2014 and 15 in Psalm 2. I probably preached it over 70 times. And I was in 2015 and I was asking God, what's my inheritance? What's my inheritance? I'll give nations as your inheritance. I'd spread myself out over a map all the time. I'm asking God for nations, but I'm asking God, make sense of all this. And it was in 2015 that a friend sent a dream to me and that the church was under siege. The cultural wars were increasing. Everyone ran into the church building as we realize we don't know how to pray in these days. Well, in the dream, me and Alan Hood walked into the dream and we come in smiling and we say, these are the days we've been waiting on. We came in excited. And then in the dream, my friend began to prophesy over me and he said, Corey, for every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession. For every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession. And then he says, I've given Lou Engel the Nazarites, but I'm about to raise up Nasherites. And the Nasherites will be a hidden army of intercessors. They won't be known in the eyes of men, but they'll be famous in heaven. I will hear their prayers. I will hear their cries. And I will send revival in their families, revival in their cities, revival in their churches, and I will pour out my spirit. I got that dream. And I said, that's my inheritance, God. Give me 100 million. I don't know how it came out. Give me 100 million Nasherites. And I believe with all my heart, he is anointing a whole generation with intercession. He's breaking the mute button off our lives. We're going to get pregnant with the Word of God. We're going to get filled with the heart of God. We're going to get filled with the dreams of God. See, that I call the prayer room the dream center. It's where God's dreams are imparted to His people. God's initiatives and God's longings for Tampa Bay. God's longings for the nations. God's longings for Israel. And then you come into a profound revelation. You know what it is? Your weak little life and your weak words move the God of heaven. Your whispers and your groans and your songs and your tears and your whispers, they move God. They literally move God. And that's the most profound revelation in the whole wide world is that God hears me and moves at the sound of my voice. I mean, that's the banner verse. I mean, you, you're, you're called abide here. 
John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you desire and it will be given to you. I believe he wants to baptize a generation of intercessors in this room. Those that are viewing. I believe he wants to break the silence. I believe for a spirit of revival. Revival is a word we throw around a lot, but I believe in the power of the word of God. When it talks about you will rule them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. That's when the word of God comes forth unrivaled and it dashes demonic powers to pieces and the spirit of conviction runs through regions. Huh. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. God wants to fill you with his dreams. There's a prayer in Colossians 1. It's called that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you would walk worthy of God and fully please him. You can't fully please him until you know what he wants. Just open up your hands. Let's just ask him for the spirit of intercession. Some of you might only think of intercessors as kind of a weird backroom kind of people, but I'm here to tell you he's knocking off wrong paradigms. He's bringing the whole church into the spirit of intercession. God, I thank you, Lord, right now. Yeah, just begin to pray in the spirit all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. We repent where we've walked in the counsel of the ungodly. Repent right now to him. Say, God, I repent for walking in the counsel of the ungodly. For drinking deep. For drinking deep of false narratives. Demonic agendas. Where the spirit of Antichrist has dulled, and deceived, and blinded. God, we repent for walking in the counsel of the ungodly and standing in paths and sitting in seats. But God, we ask you tonight that you would release a new season of a love affair in the Word of God. I declare a new season in the Word of God, a delight in the Word of God, a meditation. God, release it. I pray that this house would be a house where the spirit of revelation rests. Where phrases and verses pop off pages. Where the dreams of God are communicated to the people of God. 
even unbelievers coming in this room. Come on, come on. Don't go too soft on me. I want you praying in the Spirit. Who needs, everybody lift your hands. I'm declaring a new season in the Word of God. Yeah, I declare a new season in the Word of God right now. I break off every lie and all disappointment and all hopelessness. I break off every arrow that says it is not for you and you can't get it. I break it off in the name of Jesus. I declare you're going to find your way into the Word of God. Shah! Break off. Break off the fog. Break off confusion. Break off lies. Break off witchcraft. Break it off in the name of Jesus. Blood of Jesus over your minds. Yeah, Covington, just stop one second. Yeah, just stop one second. I want you to keep praying in the spirit. Awaken intercessors, God, in Tampa Bay. Awaken intercessors in Tampa Bay. Awaken intercessors in Tampa Bay, Jesus. Break the silence off of your people, God. Awaken intercession. The name of Jesus, awaken intercession, God. Awaken a cry, God, I pray. Break the silence in the name of Jesus. Release a cry for the release. Release a cry, release a cry. Release a cry, release a cry, release a cry. He says, ask, I'll release inheritance. We call forth, we call forth a generation, Lord, into this house. We ask you for inheritance, God. We call forth, God. Millennials and Gen Z's, God, we call forth. Young, God, we ask you, open up a door, God, I pray. Come on, Hannah, cry out for Samuel. We're in a Hannah moment. Just put your eyes on the throne. Don't worry about how anybody responds. Just tell God this. Say, God, I want the spirit of prayer on my life. I want the spirit of prayer on my life. I want the spirit of prayer on my life. Release Hannah's prayer. There's something about intercession that breaks barrenness off of generations, nations.
You want, I just want to invite you. If you'd like to receive prayer, come on up here. Come all around here. We want to pray for you right now. Everybody keep praying in the spirit. God, I pray that you would mark us. I want you to think about the place of greatest warfare. He's going to touch us. He's going to release his heart. God, give us your heart for Israel. Psalm 132, it says that the Lord has chosen Zion. He says, this is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, now keep playing, but play a little intense on the minor. Something that pulls out. I want intercession. That's it. Let's just pray in the Spirit. God's going to awaken intercession this weekend. Teach us to pray. Break barrenness off the region, Jesus. Break barrenness off your people, God. God, through Samuel, you restored priesthood and you restored prophetic. I ask you to restore priesthood and prophets. Priesthood and prophets. Remove, God, the scourge of the prophetic movement, God. Release a new prophetic movement. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Come on. Release your fire. Mark intercessors, God.
just a roar from your people, God. Oh. Teach us to pray, Holy Spirit. Teach us to pray, Holy Spirit. Tell him, say, Jesus, teach me to pray. Jesus, teach me how to labor in prayer, how to persevere in prayer. Strengthen us in our inner man with might. Bring us into your heart, Jesus. Teach me to pray, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me. Whisper that phrase. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Jesus, teach me to pray. Take me into your heart, Abba.
save our grandkids. Break in with your power.
open the heavens, God. Catch us up in the spirit.
to go to just to corporately intercede over Tampa Bay for just a few moments and begin to declare your words affect real time it's, it's real words in real time into a real God so we're just going to take a few moments here we have a few pastors and leaders that are just going to begin to declare but we want agreement as we begin to speak over human trafficking and hopelessness and the religion we're just going to begin to pray so father we thank you that in this moment god as we come as a spiritual family in agreement god that we're making declarations that are touching heaven so father we ask that you would bring us into agreement that you would bring us into spiritual unity and father we just declare life over tampa bay right now in jesus name we declare a new narrative over tampa bay and we speak life over her and we say arise and shine arise and shine and father we pray for every church in the region that you would strengthen her god that you would strengthen her god that you would strengthen every pastor and every leader this is not spectators for we're praying every pastor and every leader god that you would strengthen them that you would put a fire on the inside of them god oh god that you would give them fresh vision fresh passion god oh jesus awaken your bride god we just declare awake, awake, oh sleeper. Awake, awake, oh sleeper. Awake, awake, oh sleeper. Lord, let us become like David who said, I will pray until I become prayer. I will pray until I become a prayer myself. Come on, take that. 
I will pray, Lord, until I become a prayer, until my life is a prayer, until I'm a walking epistle of love. Let there be love epistles thrust out of the prayer closet, God. Let our time with you birth deep love for our brother. Let the deeper we go in intercession cause deeper love for our neighbor. Let love be the result. Let love be the fruit. Let love be the only pursuit. Let love be the result of every church gathering, of every conference. Let lovers, lovers arise. Lovers arise. Of First John 4, 17, that as he is, so also are we in this world. And that passage says God is love. Let love be fierce in this hour. Let a fierce fire of love consume every evil. Let the fierce fire of love consume all selfishness. Let the fierce fire of love consume all greed, all pride, all despair. Every wicked thing, Lord, let it be swallowed up by love. The person, the king, known as love. God, let lovers arise out of our time with you, Lord. Let our lives be marked with love. Let Tampa Bay be known for a place of lovers of God. 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 And therefore, lovers of men. Lovers of one another. Teach me to pray until I become love. Teach me to pray until I become love. Come on. This is not like a diversion from the moment. This is what the Lord wants. He wants us to be lovers. He has made us to be like himself. Be therefore imitators of God, laying down our lives for one another, sacrificing our agendas for one another, sacrificing our programs for one another, sacrificing our perspective for one another. Come on, if you can't pray, teach me to love. You should stop praying. If you can't pray, teach me, raise me up to love, then what are we praying for? Let the fire of his love that is in his eyes consume our very souls right now in Jesus' name. It's the fire of his love. Let the fire of his love consume us so that we may actually become the bay of the Holy Spirit. The bay of the Holy Spirit. Light us up with your love, Lord. Come on, I just feel like you got to let go of some stuff right now to love well. Let go of your need to be right. Help us, Lord. Come on, pray. Lord, help me let go of my need to be right. My need to be known. Come on. My need to be recognized. My need to be in the right place at the right time. My need for you fill in the blank. All I need to be is love. Love, love, love. I will pray until I become a prayer. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Hey, I, I want to go into what Corey was talking about, about the unmute button for just a moment. And I want to pray for revival to hit the land, and I want to pray that the spirits that have been over the land would be repelled. It's a very real thing. And these are the moments we're praying for God to awaken watchmen. It's got to start here and now. If you don't do it here, you won't do it at home. So let's, let's step into a moment where we begin to push back. We begin to push back the principalities and those things 
that we have felt over our region. It's time for an eviction notice. Can I just get two or three to agree? It's time for an eviction notice. Father, we come together corporately as brothers and sisters in this room, and we push back the darkness over the Tampa Bay region right now in Jesus' name. Come on, we need to pray. We push back the darkness over Tampa Bay right now in the name of Jesus. And we say in Jesus' name, the book of Psalms says, let God arise and let his enemies scatter. So we command the spirits over Tampa Bay to scatter in Jesus' name. We command the spirit of religion to scatter in the name of Jesus. We command the spirit of immorality, sexual immorality to scatter right now in Jesus' name. Let purity arise in the Tampa Bay region. Let purity rise in Tampa Bay. Let holiness rise in Tampa Bay. Let holiness rise in Tampa Bay. Yeah, we speak the wickedness and we say it leaves the church in Jesus' name. Lord, would you expose wickedness in the church and show it the exit in the name of Jesus. We speak to evil and we say it is your eviction day out of Tampa Bay. And you are being shown the exit by the hand of the Lord. And you are being escorted out of our region. And we speak holy, holy, holy is the Lord God over Tampa Bay in the mighty name. We break religion and we speak revelation over Tampa Bay. We speak the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open our eyes, Jesus Christ. Open our eyes, Jesus Christ. We speak the words of Elisha and we say, let us see. Open our eyes that we may see the Lord. And camp yourself in the middle of our region in Jesus' name. Yeah, we call out every devil hiding in our houses. We call out every demonic enemy hiding in the church. And we expose you. And we say, Jesus, you are escorting them out. Jesus, reveal every creeping and crawling thing. Yeah, Lord. Reveal the foxes in Jesus' name. Yeah, we speak over every church that foxes are leaving in Jesus' name. The hidden enemy is being shown the exit in Jesus' name. I speak the power of God over every church in Tampa Bay. And that the Lord Jesus is pulling the rug on the enemy in our churches. And he will no longer have a foothold in Jesus' name. Lord, would you bruise the heel of the enemy in Tampa Bay? Bruise the heel of the enemy. Bruise the head of the enemy, Lord. Let God arise and let his enemies scatter. Father, would you raise up an infantry of intercessors in our region to push back darkness? An infantry of intercessors that will go to war against the enemy. Not out, not out of religious mandates, but out of authority and intimacy, we push back the enemy because we know our rightful place. Because we know our birthright and our inheritance. 
forfeit the fullness of yourself in Tampa Bay, Jesus. We ask for the fullness of Christ in Tampa Bay. Would you establish a glory perimeter around our region, Lord? Make way for the Lord of Lords. Yeah, we make way. The King is coming. The King is coming. Oh, we make way, Jesus. Let's take a minute here and let's just pray for the next generation and for prodigals. And let's just ask the Holy Spirit to just reach deep into their hearts right now. Father, we've heard the words that have been spoken over a generation, but we don't receive it. We thank you that you are awakening a generation to the true love, to be true lovers of Jesus and passionate followers, God. So right now we say, Holy Spirit, would you touch them even now? The prodigals, the drug addicts, the prostitutes. Father, those that the church have rejected, would you bring them here? At 913 Dubloom, would you fill our churches with the misfits and the rejects? And God, would you mark them with the spirit of revival, the spirit of prayer? We say, go Holy Spirit. We say, go Holy Spirit. We say, go Holy Spirit. We thank you that none is too far gone. None is too far gone. We believe in faith, God. We believe in faith, God. We say, go. Oh, we trust you. There's not one that's too far gone. We thank you for turning hearts even now, God. We pray for prodigal sons and daughters. We call them home. We call them home. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, we ask that you would purify your church. of every impurity, every, every motive, God. We say yes to the fire. We say yes to the fire. It's a holy moment. Don't say it if you don't mean it. We say yes to the fire that purifies and exposes because, Father, we want the real thing. We say no to mixture. Purify your church, God. Deliver us, God, from the programs.
Father, we ask that those that sincerely pray that prayer, we pray that you would mark them. Father, we make covenant to not let this night just be a day that felt good where we met in a prayer room and we prayed for 30 minutes. We pray that there would be a continuation, God. We pray that the burden of the Lord, that we would carry that with us. That you're looking for a people whose hearts are fully committed to you to strengthen them. And the worship team's going to continue on. Some of you just need to stay on your face and let the Lord do a complete work. We're not going to do a formal, a formal like goodbye, but I would encourage you to be respectful of those that are being marked by the Lord right now. We'll be back here tomorrow at 9 a.m., bright and early. I encourage you to come. And the Lord's going to continue to take us deeper and deeper into what he's begun tonight. But for those of you that God is touching or, or you need to linger, you're believing.